Amen. Now, before we dive into this too deeply, um, I, I can imagine that some will uh, have, as we talk about the Bible, some, some objections, maybe some questions. Questions like, do we really think the Bible's actually from God? I mean, James, like, didn't men write it? Didn't it change over time? Like, how do we really know that when we're reading this book, that it's really accurate, that it's true? If we don't have the originals, I mean, can we really trust the Bible? Some of you will have those kind of questions or you'll think, hey, isn't it kind of circular reasoning to say the Bible's true from the Bible, right? You'll have those kinds of questions. And so uh, if that's you, those are good questions, by the way. If that is you, I'd love to talk to you after. I'd love just to share with you how we got the Bible, how we can know this was really what God wrote himself, uh, how Christians have understood the Bible, uh, some objections to that, you know, things like no one, you know, no one can prove science without the scientific method. Like everyone has a first principle. And so how do, how do we come to the Bible? But I wanna talk to you about that. If you have those kinds of questions, I will say though, one interesting fact, I'll give you one fact uh, if, you, if that's you. Um, and that is this, of any literature, ancient literature, when it comes to what we have, we know only any ancient literature by the way of copies, meaning we don't have any originals. So, so just to give you some interesting facts of literature written in the same time period as the New Testament, for example, we have three copies of the Institutes. This is a second century document. We have 50, five zero copies of Jewish war by Josephus three manuscripts of the first century writings of Tacitus. Of the New Testament manuscripts, we have 5,800 manuscripts of the New Testament. Now, we even have portions, I, I did a lot of research, we have portions of the Gospel of John that actually date back to AD 125. So the New Testament was written uh, around 50 AD to 90 AD. So we have a, a, a portion of a manuscript that's only 35 years after the New Testament was put together. Just so you know, the other documents I mentioned, mentioned like the Jewish War and the, uh, the Institutes, we have copies, but the earliest copies date 300 to 800 years from the original. I say that briefly because what we have in the Bible is like, unlike anything in human history. It reads like no other book from the ancient world. It doesn't record myths. It's like, it reads like no other religion. It reads like eyewitness accounts, which is exciting because it is a book ultimately all about Jesus. This whole book is about Jesus, about God calling us to know Jesus, what he's done to rescue and renew us in Jesus. And the great thing I just wanna say publicly before we get into the discipline, is that the good news of Jesus Christ has been recorded in the facts of history. Like there was a man born in Bethlehem. Thousands of people saw Jesus and they knew him. He did miracles witnessed by multitudes. He died and he rose again. And Paul records in one of his letters that he appeared to more than 500 witnesses. Everyone knew the location of the tomb. And I say that because you wouldn't write that. You wouldn't write that in a document if people could just go, yeah, I was one of them. If surviving witnesses said, I can confirm or not can confirm this. So I just wanna say before we start, the theory that the gospels were written later or that they were you know, a collective evolving oral tradition, it's just not accurate. So I want you to hear as we come to understanding what the Bible is, 
that if you're, if you're new and you're asking questions that we're really glad you're here and it's, it's okay to not have it all figured out, but I want you to know this before we start, we don't follow myths. Christians are not opening Christianity self-help. This is not stories on how to act good or get spiritual nuggets of possibilities. No, no, these things in the gospel story, they happened. These things happened. God predicted them in the Bible. He fulfilled them. He inspired record of them. And if Jesus didn't rise from death, then the Bible says our faith is in vain. These things happened. The Bible is true and that matters. So that's what I wanna talk to you about, but that's not what this sermon's about, all right? So if you, again, if you have questions at all like that, the, the origin of the Bible, please come talk to me, would love to help you. But we're gonna do two things. We're gonna ask the question, what is the Bible? And then what are we gonna do about it? What are Christians to do? How do we engage and enjoy God in forming a habit to do it? Okay, you ready? Now we're just gonna get into it. Now this is, that was just an intro. Okay, longest intro for all those in the heat. Okay, I'll, I'll try to make it shorter than normal. <clears throat> Here we go. By the way, you, you have verses in your handout. At the back of your handout, I'm gonna, all the verses I'm gonna talk mostly about are in there for you. So first question, what is the Bible? Everyone wants to know that. And let me say, if you've been a Christian for a long time, can you explain this? So here's my challenge to you if you're a Christian. Can you explain what I'm about to explain? If not, think, I need to learn this right now because I wanna be able to explain if someone asks me, what is the Bible? I wanna know where to go in the Bible to explain what is the Bible, all right? So here we go. Someone asks you, how do you know Christianity is true? You say, it's because the Bible says it's so. And they'll say, how do you know the Bible's true? And then you're like, oh, I remember this sermon outside. I think I passed out at the end, but I remember the first part. So here we go. First Peter 1. 20 to 21 says this, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you're brand new to Christianity, the Bible reveals that there's one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So here's what he just said. The Bible was written in the language, personality, and context of human authors, but the inspiration in every jot and every letter is the true, living, revealing, divine words of God. The Bible is a divine book reaching out for us. It's not a human book reaching out for God. Every other religious book is a human book reaching out for God. This book claims to be God's self-revelation of who he is, what he's done, and it's in human history which means you can go, you can look at these stories and find, did this happen? Did this take place? What do we have? But the Bible is God's self-revelation. It's his love story. It's where we go to learn about God. But let me say this way, the Bible can no more fail, falter or err than God himself can fail, falter or err. So it's in the Bible where we, we meet with the presence and the power of the living God. It's where God speaks to us. It's his words. It's where we commune with him. It's where we learn about ultimate reality, our purpose, who we really are, how things are. It's where we learn about his person, his worth, his works, his ways. It's all here revealed to us. It's what God wants us to know. <clears throat> and the amazing thing that the Bible is, is it's living and active. In Hebrews 4.12, that's what it says. The Bible is 
living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces through our hearts, our souls. It speaks to us. So let me explain this, okay? There's the sun. It's really hot. It's really hot already. But when God said, let there be light, he did not just say that and then go create the sun with his hands, somehow just collect fire. He said, let there be light. His words made the sun. He doesn't say it and then go form it by a different means. His word is active. What that means is his word is the acting. It means as we unfold the meaning of the language of the Bible, God becomes powerfully active in our lives. It's, it's living, it'll change you, it'll, it'll rescue you. Paul says in Romans, faith, okay, faith, what he means by that is salvation, receiving forgiveness of sins, having new spiritual taste buds for God where you, where you love him and you know him. Faith, he says, comes how? By hearing the word of God, by hearing the truth. So follow me, God is the one who pursues us. God is the one who shows us who he is. God is the one who reveals that we can't save ourselves by being good. He is the one who reveals <coughs> we need Jesus and what Jesus has done to die in our place for our sin. <coughs> and then he is the one who restores us to God, gives us faith, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> okay, hold on. And all of it <coughs> is wonderful to be a Christian, <coughs> to be loved and accepted by God is the greatest relationship you'll ever have. It's what you were made for. It's the purpose of your life. But let me just say that happened, that miracle happened when you heard sentences from the Bible, all of that. None of what we know today or experience of God in any power does not come apart from the living and the abiding word of God. It's all from him. He, he saves us. He grows us by his word. Again, let me take you to another verse. It's in your handout. All I'm doing in this point is telling you what the Bible is. Okay, that's all we're doing in this section of this sermon where it sounds like I'm yelling, but I'm not. I am yelling, but it's so that you can hear me. So no one's mad. Just follow me. Okay, 2 Timothy 3, 16. He says this, all scripture is breathed out by God. Again, all of it, it's breathed out. It means, that means it's produced by God. This is the whole point. The creator of the universe has breathed out a book. So when we're in front of his words, you're hearing the very living, present breath of God himself. Let me put it this way. If you wanna hear God speak, read the Bible. He says all scripture, you, can, you see it in your verse there, is breathed out by God and profitable. This is a word that means beneficial to your well-being. And so if you wanna have God in your life, if you know that your soul as C.S. Lewis was meant for more than this, just this world, that you're made for another world, if you wanna have come in, him come in, love you, forgive you, give you the healing and the hope and the joy you were made to have, come engage God in the Bible. Now I wanna say this, I wanna speak to those who are Christians. If you're here and you're a believer, this is especially for you because you're made of this stuff. You have his words in you. It matters that we grasp deeply in our hearts what we just said. Let me say that again. It matters. 
if you're a believer, that we grasp deep in our hearts what we just said, namely the Bible is where we get God. The Bible's where you get God, where you come to know him, where you come to commune him, where you go to get thrilled in him, where, where you come to be thankful in his love, where you come to be glad in God. You gotta go to the Bible. Let me put it this way. How many of you, you've ever done long distance relationship? Anyone show of hands if you've ever done long distance? Okay, it's me and my wife and I who are now married, we did three years in college, long distance. And I can tell you that was the hardest three years I think of my life. This was before Messenger. I think webcams came out at the very end of our, you know, those giant balls, you got to hook onto everything. So we didn't have that. What we had was letters. And so just so you know, she excited me. My wife captured my heart. She still does, wherever you are back there. But when I get, when I would get a letter from her, I would honestly, I would just take it with me. I would have this letter in my bag. Uh, I would pull it out and read it. I would even smell it. Anyone ever smell love letters? I would just be like, mm, okay, don't tell anyone this because it's embarrassing. But I would even at times kiss. I would kiss the letters. I would kiss them because there oftentimes would be a picture there. Now, <clears throat> I would regularly read these letters. Why? Why would I regularly read? I know what's there. Why am I reading them? Because in them, to read them while she was away was to love her and read of her whom those words on the page spoke of. And I need to say this, Christians, that's like our relationship with the Bible. We don't worship the Bible. We worship love and commune with the God of the Bible who speaks through the Bible. And so follow me here. In the conversation about spiritual disciplines, don't miss this. The heart's attitude and the heart's motive and the heart's hunger and eagerness, they matter. What we need to have in our hearts when we go to open the Bible and the spiritual disciplines is an attitude of God, teach me. I wanna hear from you. I wanna thank you. I wanna be glad in you. Second Timothy says, this is your breath and it's useful, profitable for teaching. And hear me, if this is why the spiritual part is really important, we're talking about things we do, like read the Bible, that's a discipline, a habit, and there's spiritual disciplines. We need the Holy Spirit. It's so crucial that it's not just a discipline. Here's why. We need the Spirit because what we need as we engage His Word is not information. What we need when we read His Word is transformation. What we need when we go to the Bible is new gladness. We need new pleasure in God. We wanna know him, we wanna have heartfelt adoration. Judas read the Bible. Judas spent time face to face with Jesus and it didn't matter a lick. He loved money more than God. The devil knows more Bible truth than any one of us combined right now in this space. My point being is your heart is your heart, God, you're in me. God, I love you. God, I want you. God, teach me. And if you want God in your life, you gotta go to his word. You gotta say, God, show me. I know this is written down for my good. It's profitable for teaching. Look at the next verse in your handout. First Corinthians 10, six says, now these things took place as examples for us. Speaking of the Old Testament scriptures, 
that we might not desire evil as they did. Notice this sentence. They were written down for our instruction, teaching. You can know the Bible. Yes, there's genres. Yes, there's, there's a timeline. Yes, it's put together in a unique way, so it can be confusing, but God, it is not unknowable. You can know, you can hear the stories. You can have God speak to you. It's for our good. Romans 15, it's not in your handout, but it says this, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He says this, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Bible, we might have hope. So follow me here. We're talking about how do we present ourselves relationally to God? And we read this. In the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible, the approach is, this is for me. The approach when you read the Bible is, I can't wait to hear God. I wanna see God's glory. The approach is, God, will you, will you speak to my heart? Will you show me what's there? Will you do what I can't do in my life? Will you show me how your love is so much better than money, than, than fame, than the things I'm trying to find worth and value in. You're coming to the Bible to be taught. You're coming to the Bible to ask for God to change what you cannot. You're coming to the Bible to go, God, where are my priorities off? God, where do you want me? God, how, do you, how can I have your heart and your mind formed in me? So the Bible is mainly about God and what he's done for us, but it's ultimately for our good and purposes to find and know Jesus. Okay, so um, how many of you have seen the, uh, the show Suits? Anyone see Suits? Okay, good. Season seven's on Netflix now. Yeah, you know. I can't wait. I haven't started it. But one of my favorite shows, and if you don't know Suits, it's a group of lawyers. Uh, they're really loyal to one another, uh, and they're always taking on these really crazy hard cases. And in the context of these cases where they're trying to navigate through them, there's a lot of impossibilities. They'll come together and they will regularly say this sentence. They'll say this, what, tell me what you need me to do. They'll say, tell me what you need me to do. When they approach Harvey Specter, he's the lead lawyer. They're eager to win. They're devoted to do what's right. They'll say, what do you need me to do? And that's how we're to approach God and the Bible. The disposition of the heart is you're God, I'm yours. What do you need me to do? What do you want to show me? Where's my identity not linked up with you? How do you want to shape me? But you're coming with that teach me. Here's what Thomas Watson, he's 1600s. He's a Puritan. He says this, he says, take every word as spoken to yourselves. He says, when the word thunders against sin, think thus God means my sins. When it presseth any duty, God intends me in this. He says this, many put off scripture from themselves as if it only concerned those who live in the time when it was written. But if you intend to profit by the word, bring it home to yourselves. He says, a medicine will do no good unless it's applied. A medicine will do no good unless it is applied. In preserving the Bible from error, God is loving us. He's saving us. He's protecting us in our relationship with him. So let me just say this. If you're not a believer, maybe you're here, you're asking questions. Again, I'm really glad you're here. Maybe you're a skeptic. I wanna to talk to you. But you should want what the Bible says is to be true. It says God is so gracious. It says God is merciful. It says there is no one in this space whose sin has more power than the cross of Jesus Christ. 
It says the religious church kid and the stripper are welcome in the kingdom of God. It says that the man who grew up in the church going only on Christmas and Easter, but didn't know God in relationship is just as welcome as those who have struggled deeply with all kinds of stuff in their lives. The Bible beckons you to come regardless of background, regardless of current situations. Now, will it grate against you sometimes? Yes, because he's living. You should want that. That's how you know that this is a true God. You don't agree with everything he says. It's a real conversation. A relationship requires a conversation. He's gonna say no. He's gonna say, go here. He's gonna show you some things as you're in the middle of a verse. And that's good news. Here's why that's good news. It means you have a God who is not willing to leave you to your own devices. You have a God who loves you. You have a God who wants to talk to you. You have a father who will teach you. You have to be willing to hear, but you have him. But we must respond, which is why he says in our verse, again, in 2 Timothy, all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And then he says this, for training, right? The last two weeks, if you were with us, we talked about spiritual disciplines. They're about training, Training for godliness. The Bible's where you get the greatest training for godliness, okay? So here's our second point. And I'll make this one shorter because you're almost passed out. Here we go. How do we engage the discipline of reading the Bible? I wanna get really practical, really practical. How do we do this? Um, and I hope it's not too simple, but I'm just gonna say it. Here's the first one. Read your Bible. Read your Bible every day. We were like, well, isn't there a beginner one where I should just do like every other day? No, no. Read your Bible every day. There's no replacement. The greatest passion and priority and pursuit, if you wanna have a relationship with God or you wanna know your God or you're in a relationship with God and you're a Christian is to feed your soul with God's word. Reading your Bible is a power you have within yourself. You can do it. He changes you in it. But as we said, spiritual disciplines are like, you flick the switch, but he provides electricity. You have the power to read your Bible. If you don't, there's no electricity. And so the most important thing you could do in, in your relationship with God is not have an intention to regularly hear from him, to regularly have his, his heart come into your life, but is to do it. Okay, so everyone look at me, look up here, resolve, today to read your Bible every day as more important than eating, than exercising, than kissing your spouse or going on your phone. Resolve today to read your Bible every day is more important than eating, than exercising, than kissing your spouse or going on your phone. If you say, I'll read the Bible if I have time, and you still have time for breakfast and you don't read your Bible, skip breakfast, read your Bible. He's greater. Remember, we're engaging with God. This is not about, let me say this, about feeling good that you've done a Christian duty. That's not what this is about. This is rather about feasting your heart, presenting yourself relationally to a real person and getting more pleasure in enjoying Jesus than anything else in the universe. That's what you're saying. I only have time for breakfast or the Bible. Choose the Bible. Every time, every time. 
Okay. Yeah, you guys took that really well. Okay. Here's, here's, how to, here's some advice on how to think about reading the Bible very practically. You need to know that there's deep reading and that there is um, wide reading. Both matter. We need to know the storyline of the Bible. What we're gonna do this week is we're gonna post a lot of resources on our website to see how do you read the Bible, Bible reading plans, apps you can use, um, all that books on the, about the Bible. But let me just say, there's a place for reading whole books, the whole Bible, and then just a place to read a few verses. So here's what I recommend, okay? <clears throat> let me take a drink, cause no one can hear me. If you're brand new and you're like, he's right. I gotta read my Bible, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for 20 years and I haven't read this thing anymore. Then here's what I recommend. We'll have, we'll have some reading plans, but I would do two weeks with a different routine. So here's what I would do. If you're asking me, James, how should I read my Bible? I would do one week where you're reading through a chapter or two a day and you're reading through the story of the Bible. And then the second week I would take one either a gospel or a New Testament letter. And I would read one paragraph every day. I would set a 15, 10 minute timer on my phone, click start, and I would read that paragraph until I could go deep, press through it, get to know it. So there's a place for wide reading and deep reading, okay? Um, when I first became a Christian, I studied the gospels for an entire year, really slowly read through the New Testament over and over and over. If you're brand new to the Bible, I would at least read the New Testament at least two or three times before you start in the Old Testament because all of what the Old Testament is about is fulfilled and points to what the New Testament's doing. Okay, yeah, you're with me. At the end of the day though, no biblical author gives you here's how to do it. The most important thing that you need to hear in this discipline, because that's what the sermon's about, is that you do it that you get your eyes on the text where you let your mind and your heart be led and captured and thrilled by God, where you're going, God, show me, communicate, and always pray, always talk to him. Prayer is talking to God, but, but you're saying, God, open my eyes, help me to see this, awaken my affections. Where do you wanna heal me? What do you want me to do? I wanna see your beauty. Holy Spirit, will you help me be amazed at God, be amazed at Christ, and if I have questions, I'll ask someone, I, but I want, to, I want to meet with you. I want to be amazed at your grace and the gospel. I'm hungry. Second part of this discipline is study it. This is where you are, um, you're pushing through the words. You're trying to know the context. You're trying to understand what was the author doing? Why was he saying it this way? You're trying to push, you're not settling for a, a vague awareness, but you're wanting to know what is this passage saying? And then what is this passage saying about what it's saying? You just wanna stay there and dig and then, and then push through the intention to the reality and go, if this was true and I lived like this or how, how would God wanna change me in this until it's an experience of emotional reality. The Bible wants you to have an emotional response to what you're reading, but push through. This is not a checklist. This is a pursuit of God. Okay, now let me just say, when it comes to engaging God, I'm almost done. In this discipline, one of the questions you need to ask when you're studying is, God, should this, what I'm reading, should this be an intention of my heart or something I need to do? So what'll happen is you're reading the Bible, you'll hear either a story or a letter, wherever genre you're in, 
and you'll slow down and you'll, you'll have this stirring in your heart and you'll hear this you'll, in your mind. You'll say, God, I've, I've heard this, this is good. And I desire this to be in my life. I want this character, this identity. I know it's true that you loved me despite me. And, and Lord, when you, when you bring up certain situations, I wanna respond like this. Meaning sometimes when you're in the Bible, it won't be an action, but the spirit will be saying, this is the kind of person God is forming you to be. He will, like we said the last two weeks, he'll show things in your heart that you go, I don't want to be like this, or I do. And in that case, you wanna say, God, you have my heart, shape me, talk to him. This is a real relationship where he wants to communicate, commune with you, where you need to say, God, I can't do this on my own power. I need you to show up here. Other times you read the Bible and there'll be a command. And you, what you'll need to do in this discipline is not just go, okay, cool, 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 cool. But how am I gonna do this? So what you need to do is you gotta make a plan. So you need to say, God, I'm gonna give you two hours. You told me to do this one thing. I'm gonna give you two hours where I'm gonna, lis I'm gonna listen to you, go for a prayer walk and say, how am I gonna love my wife like Jesus loved the church? What are ways I can do it? Because James 1:20 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. That's where you're coming to him and going, I don't wanna be deceived. And all of this has the authoritative belief that what God says is what I need for my life, for godliness and is true. And I wanna say this, especially if you're not a Christian, I don't want you to hear me um, say anything unnecessary here about fear. But, but follow me here, okay? If your buddy pulls you over, okay? Let's say for the sake of this analogy, he's got one of those fake light things. So he pulls you over for speeding and you're like, oh, and then you see it's your buddy. It doesn't matter if he pulls you over, right? It doesn't, you, you don't have to worry about paying anything you didn't, or breaking the law. There's no real implication or penalty on you. If your buddy pulls you over, it just says you're busted. But if a police officer pulls you over, that's different. Why? Because the police officer has the authority. He will give you a ticket and you will pay the penalty. When you come to the Bible, you'll realize all of your life has lived before God, that he is. And yes, he's a father whose promises are true and he never wants to leave you or forsake you. Yes, he's a wonderful savior who has taken your judgment day. Christians believe that on the cross, Jesus died in your place for your sins, that God the Father put your sin on Jesus and he judged you there. That sin was paid for in full by Christ. And when Jesus rose from death, it meant it was finished. Every sin was paid. It was like the Costco receipt, it just gets marked off. It's all been paid by Jesus. That's the resurrection for you. That's the good news. But let me say this. When he speaks through the Bible, you don't get to go like you did with your buddy. Oh yeah, cool idea. I might listen to this. No, you will be accountable. You will stand before God based on how you pushed him away, how you ignored his word, how you obeyed him, loved him, knew him, whether you believed in the gospel. And so if you're not a Christian, we're really glad you're here, but you gotta know that God's done something in real human history to achieve and accomplish salvation, whereby if you connect with him, you have eternity, you have forgiveness, you have a new relationship with God. But the command is that you believe and receive his grace. Because at the end of the life, he will pull you over. 
He will pull you over. And either Jesus paid that ticket or you will pay. And I invite you, if, if, you're, if you're new and just, <clears throat> I don't know, James, ask more questions. We'd love, I love your questions. Keep coming, pick up a Bible. All right, last thing I'll say, meditate and memorize the Bible. Here's what Colossians 3 says. I think I've said that three times, yeah. All right, Colossians 3.16 says this, having the word of Christ dwell in you richly. He says, don't just be familiar with the Bible or just read it through sections really quickly in the morning. He's saying in meditating and memorizing, be captivated by it. Build your life on its truths. Let God's word saturate you, give you direction, shape your mind, form your priorities, give you the patterns, fuel your affections, inspire your actions and reactions, memorize it. We're gonna post a lot this week on how to memorize apps you can use. We wanna be helpful. But in this spiritual discipline, you're not just reading, you're not just studying, you're letting it roll around. You're taking it with you in your day. You're going to work. And the verse that you memorized yesterday, you'll be in a conversation. You'll say, can I share this with you? And then you'll share the verse and God will use it. But you wanna, we gotta bring it into our minds and our hearts. And ultimately we need to keep coming where God's word is preached, where we can be formed and shaped by it. All right, we have a few Bibles. So uh, we have some pocket Bibles because I'm saying, take your Bible with you. And anytime you have opportunity, start reading your Bible. So we have a box of these New Testament, actually full Bibles, old and new. Okay, if, if you need bigger font, I'm really sorry. You're gonna have to read like this. You're gonna look weird, but it'll be fine. You get to open a conversation. Um, but we have some Bibles here. If you don't own one or you want one, maybe you have a nice big one, but it's one of those first Bibles and you know, and you want a small one, we wanna give it to you. So that's on us. We have a whole box of them. Please take a Bible. Again, we're talking about spiritual disciplines. Read your Bible. That's the whole message today. We read our Bible to meet with God. So short church, you just heard the word taught. The question to God right now from you is, God, what do you need me to do? Okay, all right. Let me pray and then we'll respond. Father God, just thank you. I thank you that we, we get to hear from you every time we open your living and active word, that it's your very breath. And I, I just pray if that, if, that if anything in this message, this word being heard, um, had your spirit enter into us, the soul and the mind and the heart and the excitement to, to be glad in you. I, I just, I pray that you would give us Holy Spirit, the courage, the joy, the anticipation and the right attitude to read our Bibles every day I pray that that would be such a priority that as we go through the summer disciplines, that we would not just be hearers of sermons, that we'd be doers. So God, I pray for us as a church that we would grow and see you more. Also just pray for those who don't know you today, that you would help them see, give them new life and sight as they open your word and they experience the real breath changing life of God through the Bible. So just pray for them too, God. Thank you that we get to do this and pray this in Jesus' name, amen.